Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. This is episode 89, Better with Balance. Yep, we are going to be talking about probably the very last thing you are thinking about this time of year, how to create balance and equilibrium in your life and how to make sure you always are keeping an eye on wellness. Imagine this scenario. You go to visit your accountant at the end of a very busy year. You've worked really hard and your accountant looking at your bottom line says, well, if this is all there is to show for it, you should just pack it in. I mean, this is not even worth it. Youch. I think that would be so painful and so difficult. And had I taken meetings with my accountant, I probably would have heard those words myself many years ago. If I can channel myself back to that time period, I wonder how I would have received those words. Would I have said, oh, really? What do you think I can do to make the situation better? Probably not. Or would I have most likely said, well, you don't understand. I'm just learning in the industry. I'm just building sweat equity. This is a very complicated field. Money's not the most important thing to me. The most important thing to me are my clients. And you know what? At least I'm not an accountant, right? <laughs> but the truth of the matter is that is really good advice. You know, it's really good advice. And I say this all the time. This job is way too hard to make it a hobby. Either it's lucrative and you're enjoying it on an emotional and spiritual level, or it is not worth it. We are going to meet someone I like very much, Andrew Mitchell. He runs a group called The Design Coach out of Melbourne, Australia. And you may have been hearing that I'm going to Australia very soon, which I'm excited about. The situation I described where the accountant leveled those words at a design professional happened to Andrew, and he's going to share how that impacted him. Then we'll turn his attention to how do we take a measure of our wellness level and our balance level. And at some point during this podcast, he slips in that perhaps I am a workaholic. So I'm just putting it out there that sometimes these podcasts can be kind of painful. (laughs) The truth is, yeah, I do have a tendency to be a workaholic and I've worked very hard. Of course, doesn't a workaholic work hard on everything? I've worked hard to temper that. And I think I've made a lot of progress. But the truth is between you and me, uh, I don't have young children at home anymore, which makes it easier. And then the second part of it is I have systems and procedures now, which mean I do not have to be a workaholic unless I choose to be one. One of the things Andrew is going to recommend during the podcast is a quiz called 12 Areas of Balance, and he is going to provide that to us. You can find it on the show notes at businessofdesign.com. I am happy to report I did go through the checklist, and I feel pretty centered and know where I'm going to need to put some effort in 2019. So it just takes three minutes, uh, and you may want to look at those 12 areas of balance. Before we hear from Andrew, let's hear from Cheryl Horn. Cheryl, I've been talking to Andrew from Melbourne, and uh, as you know, he coaches people around wellness, so I'm putting you on the spot now. Oh, no. Are you particularly good at 
taking care of yourself and protecting me time? Not as, I'm good at protecting family time, not necessarily me time. Uh, One of the things I'm really good with, I consistently, I I end my day just before three every day and I pick my kids up for school. So I have that playtime or activity with them after school, before dinner. that, that's my work day. I, I end at three and I've got that family time. Um, the, the me time is always on the list. Doesn't necessarily get checked off, but it's always on my list. Maybe 2019, a, f- a focus on, on more me time and blocking that in my calendar. There you uh, go. I'm not the only one who heard you say maybe 2019, maybe. by the way. Yes. Yeah. It's just too funny because of course you're so helpful to me in terms of me taking me time. <laughs> a lot easier to tell other people what to do than to do it yourself. (laughs) So true. Okay, now you tell us what to do. What's happening at Business of Design this month? Well, we are wrapping up the year. Our last group coaching session is on December 12th. Um, So make sure you register. Registration is open for that. Um, And then we're gearing up for next year. And our big event um, for the spring is you going to Australia in March. I'm so excited. That's going to come up quick. Oh, yeah, for sure it is. I've got uh, a couple weeks of holiday planned around it. So I have lots of me time uh, these days. Of course, I don't have little kids at home. But we're going to check in with Cheryl throughout the year and see how that me time is going, everyone. For sure. So if you are listening in from Australia, uh, head to businessofdesign.com. All the details are there. You can click through to the design coach in order to register. Um, Friday night, there's a seminar, and then there's two workshops on the Saturday and Sunday um, for much smaller groups. I believe the Saturday is already sold out. I think there's a couple tickets for the Sunday, um, but make sure you uh, head to businessofdesign.com and check that out. Yeah, and those longer workshops will be much much more involved because we have more time. So uh, it's all it's all good news. Okay, Cheryl, thank you so much. Me time. We'll Schedule that me time. <laughs> Bye. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Everybody, this is Andrew. It's so nice to talk to you again. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be on your podcast. Well, you and I had a chance to sit down together in Palm Springs, which was such a gift, I have to say. It was, it's been so lovely getting to know you uh, via email and Skype and everything else. But to meet face-to-face really just kind of sealed the deal as far as I'm concerned. We're kindred spirits who want to do a lot for the industry uh, in an advocacy way. So it's, it's really nice to be partnering with you in this way. Thank you so much. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. Palm Springs was a gift to be able to meet one of my idols in the flesh. So that was exciting for me. But yeah, I think always just that connection that you can have face-to-face is so important. 
You guys have heard me refer to Andrew before, but I want to put his website right out there at the beginning, designcoach.com.au for Australia. And I'm very excited to be going to Australia. Tell us what happens at uh, Design Coach. Uh, well, yeah, I, I run a, a coaching business that is quite uh, holistically focused. So a big... A uh, driver of mine is to make sure that designers are living a really happy and balanced life. So with a big wellness focus, I suppose. Um, the thing that keeps coming up for me with the designers that I meet is that people don't feel necessarily like they are living the most empowered life. So... I had the opportunity to start this business back in March 2018 and really saw it as a way of being able to connect the community um, and hopefully make a difference in the lives of each of the designers that I'm working with um, to make them the best possible versions of themselves professionally and personally. You have a background as well as an interior design professional. I do, yeah. I've been in the industry for more than 25 years and I've had my business for 18 years now. Lots of experience. I'm still practicing as an interior designer. I have four designers that work with me and got quite a few really exciting projects on at the moment. So I'm juggling the design coach and my interior design business, Mr. Mitchell. So I'm going to go out on a limb then and say you're not talking about um, the fact that designers are kind of burnt out and not considering their wellness factor from an arm's length, but this is maybe more personal for you. Did you find yourself in a position when you where you realized you were not really honoring your your best self? Hundred uh, percent. I um, definitely got to a stage probably about eight to ten years ago in my in my um, I was only working as interior designer within my own company. And I just hit the wall. And I remember listening with absolute intent to the podcast that you had on hitting the wall and just could relate to it so much. Um, I think that the biggest downfall that I had was not being accountable within my own business. So uh, probably going full steam ahead with the design side of things, but then not giving enough attention to the business elements and the systems and processes um, and more than anything else being too afraid to turn around and ask people for help. I think everybody listening will be able to rate, relate to that um, being afraid to ask for help but even sometimes asking for help but not really getting it because the people you're asking help from are as overwhelmed um, as you are. That was my experience, at least, like, you know, is a deer in the headlight, yep. like begging for someone to save me, but they were drowning too. It's also uh, finding the right people who aren't going to judge you because, you know, when we're creatives who set up businesses and even at design school, you're not taught how to operate a, a design business. And then we feel that we're in this position where we should know everything. We should have all the answers. And when I first reached out 
to somebody to talk to them about the business element, I probably went to the wrong person. I went to a, a, an accountant who wasn't particularly personally connected and didn't understand my story and didn't understand why I was doing what I was doing. And he pretty much looked at my figures and said, I don't know why you're bothering. You know, you should just pack it in. That was actually a turning point for me. It wasn't, it was horrible to hear that, but, and he wasn't the right person to be talking to to get mentoring or coaching. But it was the moment when I dug my heels in and thought, I'm not going to be told that this isn't what I should be doing. I'm, I'm going to make this work. Yeah. That is such a powerful moment. And, you know, he may not have been the right person, but it is a good message to finally hear because. Otherwise, you know, you look up 10 or 15 or 20 years past that point and you're still in the same position where he's making a judgment call that it's not worth it financially. Um, and, and because yes. the financial metrics weren't the most important thing for me, they weren't the motivating factor, it was really hard to get me to look at that. Um, but when somebody finally did get me to yes. look at that and I kind of scratched my head and thought, what am I doing like, what am I doing? I could make yeah. more money working at a clothing store and have zero stress in my life. So um, anyway, good. He did you a favor ultimately. And then, so there's two sides of, of Andrew Mitchell then. There's the side of you that had to clean up your systems and procedures so you could run an authentic and efficient and effective design company. And then there's the side of you that said, hey, business isn't everything. You also want to make sure you're taking care of your life. Um, and so yeah. that's the part that we're going to talk about today because it's a it's a part that um, I think you can really give so much to the community on. Everybody talks about balance, and yet there's no such thing as balance, right? Isn't there just equilibrium? Like you know, you're kind of making it work in a sort of balance to the best of your ability. I couldn't agree more. It's it's there's no set formula to balance. So one person's idea of work-life balance is going to be completely different to somebody else's idea of work-life balance. Um, I know you particularly have a life that is full, so full of all sorts of different elements of, of work. But I think when you have a passion for what you're doing, the boundaries blur between what's work and what's, what's play and what's just something that I'm committed to and passionate about in my life. Um, but I think that with balance, it's really important to understand that we need to stop, take check every six to 12 months and look at what's working in our life and what's not working in our life and really assess what it is that um, needs more love and attention. Um, and that could be your creativity. So I, I work with designers who... When we, when we look at the balance in their life, funnily enough, the creativity side of things is, is suffering because it's not necessarily, as you would know, as designers, the creative part of what we do is, is a small fraction of all of the things that we have to manage from a business perspective but also just the processes, documentation. Um, and we really need to nurture the creative part of our souls because that's a huge part of who we are. So having interests outside of interior design, that could be, you know, um, amateur photography or um, fine arts or some form of craft that you really, it, it feeds your soul. 
Um, and that, that's going to be totally different for every single person. Are there some indicators that you're out of, out of whack, out of balance, it's time to slow down and, and take, take some inventory? What, what would be some things that might indicate that you're, you need to do that right now? Any sort of sense of anxiety or a feeling of being out of uh, integrity. So if there's something that's sitting in the back of your mind that you just know doesn't quite feel right, um, if you're not living a life that you feel is just uh, really um, happy and full, then there's going to be elements that you need to give a little bit of care and attention to. So I think I recommend with my designers, I've got a, a, a it's called the 12 areas of balance. It's a simple, uh, takes three minutes to fill it out. It basically covers the 12 main areas in your life from your physical well-being, your creativity, your intellectual, your spiritual, and your relationships. And filling out that form once every six months is a really good reminder of, okay, where am I sitting and which areas in my life are suffering. It's just because your life's out of balance, it doesn't mean that you are a lesser person. It's, it's all of us go through periods in our life where we might be focusing too much on one part of our life and not enough on another part of our life. Um, and it's just when you have, when you're equipped with the facts and you're aware of where you're sitting, you have the opportunity to put actions into place to bring balance, more balance back into your life. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting for me, I remember um, something I used to love to do is pick up uh, design magazines or house porn, as I like to call it, I would pick it up yes. and I would turn the pages eagerly and see who did what and what was new and what was happening. And I would just feel so much inspiration from looking at those beautiful pages. And I remember about 15 years ago, I just hit a wall and I like did not want to look at any design magazines. And for me, that was a really good indication that I was so far off the beam and not able to even embrace something that brought me so much joy. Um, so if, if you're not in the habit of regularly taking inventory of yourself, you might miss some of those signs. They could be more subtle than that. Absolutely. And especially if, if they're just if they're areas of your life, such as your relationships, that when we're so focused on our businesses and, and, and success, is that we might not even be aware of the fact that our relationships with our friends, our family, our loved, loved one, our partner, that might be suffering. And it's not until you actually stop, get off the hamster wheel, and you take stock of where you're sitting with those certain things in your life that you really can become self-aware about, about your behavioural patterns, about the choices that you're making every day um, that lead to the op opportunity to be able to put actions into place that can bring about more balance. I noticed as well that when I get overwhelmed with work, I will put off social commitments. I'll cancel lunch with a girlfriend. I'll dread an upcoming party um, because I'd rather just stay home and finish this project. And um, for me, that's another yes. big indication that something's really wrong because the point of working uh, as we do, the hard work that we do, the point is to sustain a lifestyle that brings us joy. 
And if, if you're working but not sustaining the lifestyle, something's wrong. Yeah. And what do you, in those instances, are you good at being able to pull yourself back in to a, a, an area of balance and say, look, I need to put off a little bit of that work so that I can maintain my social or do you just ride the storm? You know what? I am better at it now. It, it does get easier once you become self-aware, I would say. Um, and I will make yeah. myself keep the social commitments and I will sometimes make myself change a deadline because I simply can't need it um, despite my best efforts. Yeah. So then I realize, you know, no one's, yeah. no one's going to die if this changes. There is no such thing as a decorating yeah. emergency. But there is such a thing as a health emergency. Yeah. So let's just put this yeah. let's just put this aside for a little bit. Listening to you mention that also just makes me uh, remember the interview that you had with uh, the beautiful Beth Halstead, and she was so much about uh, self awareness. So for me, that's that's your superpower is being able to understand, love yourself for who you are and know your ways of being. So I hear you talking then and I can hear that you're, I, I dare say, a, a workaholic and you have hugely high expectations on yourself for achieving goals by the dates that you set them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to cut ourselves a little bit of slack and just be a little bit kinder to ourselves. So firstly and foremost is, is, is being self-aware. So understanding what your ways of being are. So if you're if you're a workaholic and you have really high standards for yourself, you know that you're going to be putting yourself in a situation where you're going to be compromising other areas of your life on a regular basis. Is anyone else have this overwhelming feeling to just lay on the sofa and let Andrew deal with your stuff like right now? <laughs> I'm like, if I'm a workaholic, if, like, I, is there any doubt? I, like, oh yeah, my gosh. I, I think that we, when we start to open up and talk to other people about, about just the human elements of ourselves, it just becomes cathartic. It's just wonderful. So um, when I ha hosted the retreat that I had in Byron Bay in Australia just recently, a month ago, um, we had a group of seven designers got together and we talked less about design and more about our feelings and our parents and our families and about all of the things that really matter in our lives because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's design matters 100%, but as you say in your tagline, you know, designers matter and it's a, big driver of mine to make sure that people are people are looked after because in Australia we've got a health ed epidemic at the moment that pretty much 50% of everyone in Australia at some stage of their life will suffer some form of mental health issue, whether it's depression, anxiety or something even more serious. Um, and I think that we need to have these conversations. We need to be open and honest about where we are with our emotions and our vulnerability um, because it just brings a, a different element to the table. Well, in, in, it just helps so much to realize you're not alone. You know, whatever you're suffering through, you're not alone. That's not the solution, but there's some comfort in that. And then 
solutions can be found when we put our heads together and, and work through it. Um, that's a staggering 100%. statistic. Wow, 50%. What Do you think technology has played some role? I'm sure somebody's done a study somewhere, but has technology exacerbated that? Absolutely. We're, we're just so switched on all the time. Um, and again, this, it's, I sound like a broken record, but it comes back to the balance. Is if you're not um, switching off after a certain period of time at night, um, you're just you're going to bed. You know, people's sleep patterns are worse now than they've ever been in his, history. Um, so if you're not sleeping well, you're not uh, properly rested. You're not working at optimal um, mental or physical capacity. Um, and yeah, technology. I love what technology technology brings for us with our connectivity and our ability to do exactly what we're doing now. I'm speaking to you the opposite side of the world. But with that comes a responsibility to, to make sure that you balance that with getting outside, switching off technology, um, connecting with people face-to-face -face rather than via social media. Mm -hmm. And I, I, somebody, I don't know who said this, but I thought it was just so genius. Never compare your insides to someone's outsides. So we're looking at Instagram and everybody's having an Insta moment all day long, 24-7. Yeah. Um, and I'm not having an Insta moment. I'm having a lousy moment. I have a problem with a client right yeah. now and I don't feel good. I don't like how I handled it. And then there's something wrong with my child. Yeah. And I forgot to pick up the sushi because friends are coming for dinner, you know. Yeah. And so I'm not having an instant moment, but I take a minute to go on Instagram and suddenly I'm beating myself up because everybody's, everybody's yeah. great. Another um, thing that I do with the designers that I coach is get them to reset their measures for success. And in comparing ourselves with the the perfection that floods social media and magazines, whether it's personally or professionally as well with our design work. Um, there's just so much um, of a message out there that you need to be better than who you are. And I think when we connect our success to what we view that's being put forward to us from social media and from um, the press, is that we just will always feel small and feel lesser. Um, and if we can review those measures of success and look at things from within so much more and make them personal measures for success that are about um, really realistic goals that we might be able to achieve rather than comparing ourselves to famous designers, it, it's going to give us so much more happiness. What are the kinds of things you're looking for as you're resetting your measures of success? What are, are there kind of benchmarks you're looking at? I think it's really important to be 100% honest with yourself about what your drivers are. So it, what, what brings you happiness? So um, I think there's nothing wrong with being driven by financial success as long as you understand what the basis for that financial success is. If you want more money just to have more money in the bank, probably not going to bring you much happiness. But if you want more money so that you can provide for the people that you love in your life, um, so that you can experience more adventures in your life, 
um, so that you can have yourself set up for success and security for the future. It's a wonderful reason to want to be financially successful, but you need to be honest with yourself that that's what you want to achieve. Um, also looking sort of more inwardly and sort of saying, okay, well, I want to feel respected. Um, and if you want to feel respected, you're not necessarily going to get that by um, plastering Instagram with lots of photographs of uh, either your work or personal photographs to a bunch of strangers who don't know who you are and what your values are. Mm -hmm. It's finding those people that really matter to you in your inner circle. They're the people who you want to respect you. They're the people who know you. They're the people who will give you um, the right sort of constructive criticism when it's needed and make sure that you're listening to the right people. So that's, that's where I come from with changing your sort of views of measures of success. I like that. You, you want to be, you want to set goals that are slightly, you know, challenging to reach, but have an authentic, I guess, motivation for you. Absolutely. And part of self-awareness is being really aware of what your personal and your business values are and finding a reason to get up out of bed every single day. So being motivated by more than just doing it to get by. Um, when you connect with something that's greater than just yourself, when it's a when you understand that what we're providing as interior designers is a service to people and it's all about the relationships, that's that's motivation. That's gonna give bring you bring you sustained happiness. When you're dealing with a, a new designer that you're working with, where do you start with that person? What's the first thing you ask them to consider? When I, when, whenever I start working with a designer, I'll ask them to fill out the, the 12 areas of balance because for me, work life and personal life are intertwined. There's, there's no separating them. So if somebody's not happy in their personal life because they're, they're unbalanced, it's going to flow over into their work life. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing that I want to do is find out how, where do you sit with with everything that's happening in your life as, as there areas where you feel like you're out of integrity, um, are there areas that um, you know, you're not devoting enough time and attention to. Um, and we'll work into every single designer has different challenges that they're dealing with, from, whether it's from a uh, personal perspective with sort of limiting thought patterns or whether it's from a systems and processes perspective. But I think generally there'll be a bit of a combination of both. We start with the 12 areas of balance, but then it's pretty much getting straight into um, discussing with the designer what's working for you and what's not working for you and how can asking them, how can I help? Do you find sometimes that people are really disengaged from how bad things are? Like, does it hit you sometimes that somebody doesn't even realize how far off the beam they are? If I was to look at myself back 10 years ago, probably longer, 15, 13 years ago, that was, my, that was me. <laughs> I was so disconnected from what my reality was. Mm -hmm. um, and I probably, that's a driver of why I'm so committed to 
really wanting to help designers not get to that point. And I think the people that are coming to me, the designers that are coming to me, I'm really proud of because they're putting up their hands and saying, I need some help. Um, can you can you guide me? It's really hard when you're first starting out. So you mentioned something off the top of the show about uh, it's important to have a community of peers who I'm giving you this word, you didn't say this word, but in my mind, they have to be a mature community who are you know, working toward creating more streamlined businesses that run efficiently and effectively, and then also aware of the wellness factor. Absolutely. I think um, it's great to get, catch up just from a social perspective, but we need to be careful. Human nature is such that we often do want to focus on the negative. Um, and when you've got a room of people focusing on the negative, it can have uh, a, more of a detrimental effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that you want to make sure that you set some clear intentions when you get together as a group of what you're wanting to achieve. Accountability groups are incredible as well because um, getting together with a group of people who you respect and admire um, it only needs to be a small group, up to, say, six people, and you set intentions each time you catch up. Once once a month probably is, is regularly enough, and you set some intentions for what you're going to achieve in the next month. And for sole operators, people who are working completely on their own, that can be a, a, a salvation for you. It's so true. When I first started, I would have given anything to have that kind of group. I didn't know I needed that kind of group. I had the kind of group where we would get together and it would just be a complaining session. Oh, my God, this thing happened to me. And you think that's bad. This happened to me. And, you know, there's alcohol and there's it's fun. Right. But it's like eating a bag of chips at the end of it. You you don't feel better. Uh, You feel worse. In fact, and now you yeah. have another problem, right? Now you've got another, you've got a hangover, you've got a yeah. potato chip hangover or whatever. Um, speaking hypothetically, yeah. not that I would know what that feels like, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so think we all know what that exactly, feels like. Exactly, exactly. So the, the point is this, this stuff matters a lot. And when you're really focused on building your business and making it bigger and better and um, bringing home the dollars and all that kind of stuff, this is the type of stuff that falls by the wayside. But in fact, it actually can be a very powerful motor that keeps you running and keeps your and keeps your business running smoothly. Yeah, absolutely. I think looking at uh, operating personal growth hand-in-hand hand with your professional growth, um, we never stop learning. As individuals and our businesses, as you would know, after operating for however many years, is is that you're still learning new systems and, and refining your processes. It's just really important to take stock every now and then. And I recommend to the designers that I work with that they actually schedule some time into their calendars to take half a day out to be able to review where they're at and take a bit more of a helicopter view than actually just being in, running on the hamster wheel day to day, getting everything done. And a part of that is to allow themselves to dream big dreams about where their business could go. When you allow yourself the opportunity to dream big dreams is that you've got something that's pulling you forward. 
something that is helping you find your mission in your work life. Right. And the thing is, if you set a goal that's too lofty and you miss it, you'll probably still be much further ahead than if you set a goal that's tiny. Right. So it's okay to reach and miss sometimes. That's fine. You know, three steps forward is still three steps forward. So we'll take it. And I say this all the time. I love Marianne Williamson says, um, we don't ask for too much. We ask for too little. And I find that that is true of almost every designer I know. When I say, how much money do you want to make this year? Or would, you know, what kind of clients would you like to have? Or have you been published? They'll almost always present me with a goal or a hope that's very, very small. Yes. And I think part of that is that uh, maybe in the past they have allowed themselves to set big goals. And they've either been told by their community that that's um, egotistical or it's, it's... We have a thing in Australia called the tall poppy syndrome. I'm not sure if that translates to the States. But uh, there's just a bit of a community vibe that has people wanting to, to stay small. So if you get... We also have another phrase that's too big for your boots. Um, and if we feel like somebody is getting too big for their boots by by thinking that they're going to be too important or too successful, we want to cut them back down to size. Um, so that's true of the I tall think, poppy as well. Yeah. If you're the tallest flower in the field, somebody's going to come and snap your head off. Yes. Yeah. And Ooh. it's almost a part of Australian culture that mm-hmm. that's acceptable. Um, but I want to redefine that. And it also comes back to what I was sharing before is that I think it's important to have that core group of people that you respect and admire, who respect and admire you, close to you, and you share those dreams and goals with those people. Andrew, you mentioned the 12 areas of balance. I'm putting you on the spot here. Is that something you could provide to people listening to the podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's... um, it's. I haven't created the 12 areas of balance. I've taken it from uh, an, an author and a spiritual wellness leader, uh, Vishen Lakiani, who has a book called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Um, so you can find the 12 areas of balance. There's a whole chapter devoted to it. But I can also provide your listeners with uh, a version of the 12 areas of balance as a, as a downloadable PDF. That's lovely. Thank you. One of the things I bonded with Andrew over is just his impeccable integrity. I've had a few examples of that. And here's another one where you've got this great tool that you use in your coaching business and you're crediting the the original source. So thank you for that. I'd like to see more of that happening in the coaching community for interior design professionals. And thank you for the work you do. I think it's really important and um, I hope this will be just the first time we speak to you on the podcast. And um, I look forward to uh, any opportunity to get together with you again. Thank you, Kimberly. And I just want to take the opportunity to really acknowledge the work that you're doing. Really generous sharing. A colleague of mine put me on to your podcast earlier in the year. And every single podcast has aha moments for me. You know, I've been in in the industry for 25 years, but you you just never stop learning. And when somebody shares with such open honesty and integrity, 
as you do, um, we we all benefit and the community becomes stronger as, as a whole. So thank you so much. That is very, very sweet of you. Thank you. I'm going to say thank you. I'm not going to deflect that at all. <laughs> Good. Uh, we Good. like to end every episode with something called design intervention. So this is, you can you can put on a totally different hat if you want now. Is there a piece of business advice that you think is a must for someone who's an interior design professional? Something you learned the hard way or something that made your life better? Something you want to leave everybody with? Absolutely. Um, I have so many lessons. <laughs> I could give you a list 10 pages <laughs> long. Um Dream big. There's something incredibly empowering to allowing yourself to be the best possible version of yourself and seeing where that can take you in the future because it just it, it doesn't just affect you. It affects all the people around you. It affects the people in your team. It affects your partner. It affects your family. Um, it affects the entire community. So think big, but hand in hand with that is you need to ask for help. Everyone needs help. We can't do it by ourselves. And that's the biggest lesson that I've learned along the way is that uh, making yourself vulnerable is really, really hard. Uh, but the positivity that you'll get back from people when you ask for help is, is just overwhelming. Wow. I couldn't agree more. That's amazing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I will see you soon in Melbourne. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.